Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast, Week 14 Ranks Edition. My name is Jeff Crisco. I'm here with my co-host, Big Daddy Ranks, Walker Kelly. Walker, how's your day going, buddy? It's going. Uh, it's going all right. Uh, we're we're warding off a headache with off-brand Excedrin and marijuana edibles. Oh boy, let's let's uh let's get the podcast over before those really kick in. Oh, I think be toward- fine. Well, you said that last time, but then towards the end of last week's rank episode, you kind of started to, like, fade out. Did I? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Oh, bad. <laughs> oh boy. So, um, all right. Let's uh, let's go ahead and let's get started. We'll start off like we do every week with Thursday Night Football. This week we got the Steelers and the uh, Vikings. I believe this is a Vikings home game, uh, if that's correct. And I did not put my phone on mute, so let me do that real quick. All right. Vikings home game. And, um, yes, so uh, ranks in this one. It's very interesting. So let's get the must-starts out of the way. You've got Najee Harris, Alexander Madison, both top 10, both must-starts. Um, and people can yeah. check this out at lobster.com, weekly ranks button at the top. Then you got Justin Jefferson, Deontay Johnson also as must-starts. So let's just get all that out of the way. Those guys are all top eight plays this week at their position. That's right. Um, what I wanted to talk to you about with this one is – KJ Osborne. I think that's going to be the the real flex point mm-hmm. here with KJ Osborne. So uh, the Vikings announced no Adam Thielen this week. He was announced as out earlier today. So um, KJ Osborne would get in the opportunity. He has performed. So what what are you expecting from KJ Osborne this week? Like because he is twenty seven for you. Uh, twenty six actually. Oh, did it get did it get updated? Yeah, okay. I I did update these about an hour ago. I took Mike Williams out. Oh God. <laughs> I got these. I took it down like two hours ago. So. Oh, it's okay. No, I just removed Mike Williams. Everybody went up one. I put Jalen Guyton up to 29. Okay. And then I added uh, DPJ at 50. Okay. That was going to be my question for you because you submitted these before that uh, that happened. So, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get to wide receiver. So, 24 or 26 for KJ Osborne. So, yeah. what are you expecting from Osborne? Um, I'm expecting him to run pretty much the same routes and, and be used the similar way as Thielen. Um, I don't think he'll be quite as effective because he's not quite as proven of a player. Um, you know, Adam Thielen has had a very nice season, but I think he'll be solid. I mean, he's shown ability this season. He had a game-winning touchdown against Carolina. He had a couple really nice weeks early in the season. Um, yeah, when, when he's been a featured part of the offense, he's looked solid. And, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think he's a good flex play this week. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's uh, at the beginning of the year. I remember we talked about KJ Osborne because they were using him and he was sort of up and down a little bit, but they were giving him a bunch of targets. He had nine, six, two, seven, four, and then seven again before their buy. And then he just kind of fell off the map like they just completely stopped using him or targeting him because he was still getting sh- snaps. They just weren't targeting him. So. Um, last week with uh, Thielen going down early, four for 47 and a touchdown. Um, he was one of my sleepers this week because he's only rostered in 27% of leagues. I think he's a pickup and play. You can plug him right into your lineup if you need to. Completely um, agree. Yep. Yeah. So especially in three wide receiver leagues, like he's a top end wide receiver three if you're in a desperate spot. Oh, um, yeah. But one thing I noticed this week is we don't have a lot of wide receivers on by because it's like um, it's the Patriots guys. Jalen Waddle is like the best one. I yeah. mean, he's really good, but like that's the big one that you're trying to replace. Right. I mean, after that, it's like you've got a bunch of like fringe wide receiver twos, like Michael Pittman and Devontae Smith are fringe wide receiver twos. And then you've got some flex guys. So. Yeah. 
So yeah, not a tough not... week. Right. Yeah, not exactly. too bad. Yeah. So um so you got KJ Alvarn at twenty six, two spots behind Chase Claypool. So um Claypool uh has been up and down this year with as big Big Ben has gone, but you're expecting him to be a start this week. Yeah, uh Minnesota um we talked about it last week a little bit. Minnesota really struggles against opposing receivers. Um still don't expect Patrick Peterson to be back, so that'll you know creates even more problems. Um they just allowed a combined, I believe, 14 for 154 and a touchdown to Josh Reynolds and Amon Ross St. Brown. Is that bad? It's not good. <laughs> uh, also, I'd like to mention that I said Reynolds would have four for 70 last week. He had four for 69. Pathetic. <laughs> you were wrong. Yard, one yard short. Nice yardage total, though. Yeah, very nice. Uh, um so, yeah, yeah you, you got that one pretty spot on. Um, and also, that reminds me, this is your first time on. Would you like like take a vic, bi, bleh, a quick victory lap for your Vikings or for your for, Lions? For I don't know why life. my brain broke there. I don't either because uh, the Lions won. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the Lions won a game. Uh, it was sick. Uh, I couldn't believe I Like, last year when we won on the last second touchdown, I went nuts, as you know. Um yeah. I just, like, sat there with my hands, like, behind my head, like, just kind of smiling, like, vacuously at the screen. Yeah. Because, like, I didn't know what to do because I just figured Goff would screw it up. Yeah. I I, I just assumed he wouldn't make the play. And then he made the right read and made a good throw, and Amon Ra ran a perfect route, and all of a sudden we won a game. I was like, "Uh uh-huh, what? We actually did it? Okay, Jesus. Yeah, and I was watching that drive, and it was like the the offensive play calling was far more poised than you would expect from an O or an O ten and one team. Like they were like, we're gonna play for the end zone. They're not like we're gonna play for the end zone at double zeros. I mean, like because they were just kind of moving up the field. They weren't like yeah, taking they knew, shots. They knew even with no timeouts, they knew they had plenty enough time to get all the way up to have yeah. a few chances to score. Yeah, it was incredibly poised for a team that could be in panic mode, which speaks really well to like for all the like kneecap biting and the, you know, he's going to wipe his own ass stuff with Dan Campbell. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a pretty good, uh, at least players coach. You know, he gets, he get he yeah. people, they have not given up or packed it in, which no, is nice. no, 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 no. The players love him and believe in him. And mm-hmm. that's really all you can ask for with a team that a doesn't have a lot of talent and B doesn't have a lot of wins. So um, the fact that they clearly like him and like the coaching staff, um, that's that's a huge plus, and it's good for the future. Yeah, and um, so yeah, good for Jared Goff, good for Dan Campbell, good for Jared Goff's girlfriend. Yeah, uh, Jared Goff. Jared Goff doesn't need anything else. No, he's he's played in a Super Bowl. He's got millions of dollars. He's, His he's girlfriend good. is a SI swimsuit model. Yeah, he's good. Um, all right. So uh, that actually ties into this game because I realized today these are the only two teams to not beat the Lions this year. So we're in for a treat. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's talk about the the quarterbacks really quick. You got Kirk Cousins at 11 as um, is he a recommended start or is he more like a streamer type type guy there at 11? Because it, it's kind of in the borderline. Yeah, I mean, I. I don't think there are a whole lot of streamers this week. I think it's pretty pretty solidified at this point. I mean, the quarterbacks that you're missing are the only one who's a usual starter is Hurts. Mm-hmm. So um, 
yeah, I mean, I've got, I would say Cousins is in, you know, he he's in that 10 to 13 with Stafford, Wilson, and Carr. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say he's either a really high-end streamer or a, like, low-end QB1 start. I mean, I in... I would say in most cases, in more cases than not, you're probably going to be firing out Kirk Cousins, and he should be perfectly fine. Pittsburgh's a fine defense. They're not really good or bad, and Cousins has been a uh, a back-end QB1 all season. Yeah, and I think it'll be Justin Jefferson will just go off and do Justin Jefferson yeah. things. So he's, he's playing his best football probably of his two-year career right now. Um He's he's been absolutely absurd. I mean, he's on pace for like 1,700 yards this season. Yeah, and I when I was watching the um, the Lions Vikings game, it felt like the Lions were really kind of in control, except for Justin Jefferson was the yep. only one keeping the Vikings in it. We couldn't so. we couldn't do it. I mean, we we were doing everything we could. I mean, like Amani Orowarie is a good player who has had a really good season, and he's just not good enough to cover Jefferson by himself. It, it's just. There are so few players in the NFL that can match up with him one on one. Yeah, it's it's there are certain players. It's like you're just going to do the best you can and and just hope for the best. Like I was saying with the 49ers, when Thielen had the two touchdowns, it was like everybody just like shifted to Justin Jefferson. because They weren't going to let him beat them. And so um, that's why I'm confident with K.J. Osborne this week, too. I have a feeling uh, Pittsburgh's going to be like, all right, we're going to focus our defense on Justin Jefferson. It won't matter. And no, then KJ Osborne. Then, yeah, will Osborne will get us. Osborne will probably get seven or eight targets against uh oh god, whoever the heck they're playing, uh, Trey Norwood or something like that. I, I I heard they picked up a Kella Witherspoon, which is insane. Yes, of, yes, they were starting Witherspoon. That's who I was trying to think of. Good God. As a 49ers fan, good luck, Pittsburgh. <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> uh, considering that the, the 49ers kept uh, uh, Lenore and Ambry on the bench as long as they possibly could, and they're not good, and they cut Kella Witherspoon to play those guys over him, uh, good luck, Pittsburgh. Um, and then you have Ben Roethlisberger as QB 16. You're not going to start him. He's behind like Cam Newton, who completed five passes last week, and Joe Burrow, who only has four good fingers on his throwing hands. So... Um, not a good start there for Big Ben. So let's talk about the tight ends really quick. You got Fryermuth at 10, and you got Conklin at 14. So um, my gut reaction, because you have Conklin behind, like, Austin Hooper, which is very interesting. So are the Steelers that dangerous of a matchup against tight ends that you would have Austin Hooper ahead of him? Uh, the Steelers are pretty good against tight ends. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the reason why I have Hooper ahead of him uh Baltimore, while they're not as bad against tight ends as their ranking might show, they're still not good against tight ends. And both David Njoku and Harrison Bryant are going to be out. So Hooper's the only show in town at tight end. And their tight end room usually gets a collective six or seven targets, which means all of those are going to Hooper. Mm -hmm. Um, So I expect in a good matchup where uh, Hooper's the only guy that he's probably going to have uh, more targets than Conklin, and they are very similar types of players. They work in the short to intermediate area. They are solid but unspectacular type players. So I just I, they're going to have really the same role, and I just think Hooper's matchup is a bit more inviting. That's all. Okay, yeah, and and they're yeah they're in very similar situations uh, in terms of like talent level and and targets that they're likely looking at. So, um, question for you: So you got Conklin. 
uh, with between Ricky Seals Jones and Austin Hooper, is that all part of a tier for you behind Noah Fant, or does that extend to like Cole Komet at sixteen? Uh, no, I I would say, yeah, I I, w- I would say um probably Ertz at eleven through Seals Jones at fifteen would be the tier. Okay, sounds good. Um, so let's uh. Is there anything else you want to say about the Vikings or the uh, the Steelers? Mike and I said it was a fairly straightforward game to to yeah it talk is about. um yeah I mean you're not you're not really there's no real sleepers to play I mean you're not playing yeah. Kenny Nwongwu you're not playing Rary McLeod I mean it, it's straight up it's these guys are the main guys and mm-hmm. if you want to if you want to play them cool yeah, I mean the only the only decisions you're making are uh, Roethlisberger is an if you're desperate option. Um, like if you have Hertz and he's on by Roethlisberger could be the best guy on waivers. So, you know, he shouldn't kill you this week. I wouldn't expect him to be good, but he shouldn't kill you. Um, and then like, if you've been, if you've been rolling with Conklin, I think you can keep rolling with Conklin. He, he's got, he's got a really good floor. Yeah. He's, he's a four for 40 guy. Yep. So, um, yeah, I was, when I was writing the sleepers this week, I almost put in Nwangwu and I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not kicking this football again. I'm not being Charlie Brown because every time Madison comes in, we're like, oh, well maybe the Vikings will give the backup like 10 carries. And it's like, no, they just take Dalvin Cook's workload and hand it all to Alexander Madison. Right. So yeah, I'm not falling for that again. So uh, let's roll back and talk about the rest of the week. Let's talk about the quarterbacks first. Um, got a couple questions for you. So you got, uh, Oh, you rearranged this a little bit. You moved Herbert down to nine. Yeah. You had Herbert at three earlier. So what made that change? Uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams being <laughs> on the COVID list. Yes. Uh, his his best weapon other than Eckler is going to be Jalen Guyton. Yeah, and people are saying Josh Palmer on Twitter, and I'm like, stop it. That's just that's just like dynasty wish wish making. I mean, yeah. they're they're hoping that their taxi stash pops off. Um, yeah, it's it's people are like, oh, his yards per route run. It's like, yeah, he runs like three routes per game and he gets a 40 yard bomb on one of them. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's he's not he's not very good at football. I mean, yeah, like, he was he was one of the guys that was at the very back end of the top 100 that I knew the top 100 picks this year. Mm-hmm. And I knew that a bunch of people were going to jump all over him in Dynasty and even in late in redraft and deep leagues. And I like sometimes you have to just look at the situation like. Josh Palmer was behind a million guys mm-hmm. and somebody like Amon Ross St. Brown, who went just outside the top 100 picks, but was going to a situation where there were no good receivers on the team. Yeah. Like he's been pretty, he's, he's been a guy that if you kept him on your bench all year, he's been perfectly fine. And yeah. He's Palmer been a good, like slotting guy. Yeah. And it's the <laughs> so. same thing. I saw, I saw very like uh parallel things to both, uh, um, uh, Josh Palmer, who was in a more pot, potent offense, but stuck behind a bunch of guys and Anthony Schwartz, like he's just a burner on an offense that wasn't going to use him. And they were both like back end round three guys and people were go- getting excited. And I was like, no, absolutely not. They're, they they yeah. don't fit. There's nothing there for them. No. Um, you know, they're like, oh, draft capital. And whenever somebody says draft draft capital, I'd like to remind them Andy Isabella was drafted before DK Metcalf. So good luck yeah. on that. So um that was my big question was Herbert. I wanted to talk about Herbert at three because he's been the number one quarterback over the last five weeks. So yeah, let's talk I mean, about I love, Yeah, I love Herbert, but with nobody to throw to against a pretty solid Giants defense, I just don't expect 
I don't expect them to really air it out or do anything exotic. I think it's going to be a lot of Eckler, a lot of ball control, play defense against Jacob Fromm. Oh, boy. Jacob Fromm. Uh, uh, people forget, kind of racist, just would like to remind people of that. Um, so let's talk about Taysom Hill at four. The man only has nine fingers, but I agree. It doesn't matter. He's taken on the Jets. He's yep. saying, I, ca- I can't throw with the splint on my hand. And I have news for him. He couldn't throw before he had the splint on his hand. So. Woo! Got him. So four picks last week still was a top five quarterback, um, yeah. which is insane. I, I graphed, I went through and I went, I put it out on Twitter, every Saints offensive play except for special teams. And it was like his, his, his points on that play. And it was like up and down and up and down because he kept throwing picks in the fourth quarter. And then the Deontay Harris one, it was a 70 yard touchdown. So it went whoop at the very end. So um Feeling good with him against the Jets. You have him ahead of everybody except for Rodgers, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes. So that means Kyler, uh, Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson, some guys who have been very good for you are all behind Taysom Hill. Yeah, it's just Taysom plays in the exact way that you have to play the position to take advantage of fantasy scoring. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's against a Jets team that absolutely cannot stop the run no matter what they do. He's probably going to run for around 100 yards again. Good chance he gets in the end zone. If he does that, that's literally 16 points already. Like he yeah. only needs to he only needs to pass for like 150 yards, and he's a top five quarterback on the week. So it it's just yeah, you you, you play him. I mean, he, yeah. he's is he good at football? Absolutely no. not. But is he good for fantasy? Yes, extremely. Yeah. Is he good at football? No. Did I go out of my way to try to see if I could get him on every single one of my rosters? Yes. So, yeah. Um, And then um, Patrick Mahomes at one. So Mm -hmm. he struggled lately, but he lit up the the Raiders in um, like three or four weeks ago. He had five touchdowns. We thought that Patrick Mahomes was fixed. So you think he'll pop off again against the, the Raiders and then we have to worry about the rest of the season? Yeah, I put him one last time he played the Raiders uh, because I just like I I know the Raiders defense isn't that bad, but the Chiefs always light up the Raiders, mm-hmm. and it was no different. And I'm just figuring, I'm just going with it again. I mean, it hasn't failed me since Mahomes has been in the league. They have just shred the Raiders. So um, yeah, I, I I have no issue putting Mahomes in. You know, everywhere you play him and play him in DFS, he probably won't be the most expensive quarterback on the week. But, yeah, he could easily have 405 touchdowns again. Yeah, I'd have to imagine Josh Allen against Tampa or Aaron Rodgers against Chicago would be the most uh, expensive um, quarterback this week. All right. Washington will be up there, too. But Dak's been struggling. I know. He doesn't run anymore. Yeah, he does. Oh, God, did I? I didn't tell you I got killed. So I've been doing the underdog uh, parlay prop bets. Yeah. Um. I was doing last Thursday night. I just usually do them just on Thursday, and I got everything right except for Dak over nine and a half rushing yards. Because oh. I figured I figured he'd get ten rushing yards, and like the third play of the game, he had nothing but grass ahead of him and threw it. And I was like, Dak. Yeah. He cost, yeah, he whipped he it. cost me twenty five dollars. So. Dak. Yeah. Damn it. Come on, Dak. Damn it. Uh, let's go to who is your hardest to rank quarterback this week? Hardest to rank. See here. Uh, I will say Russell Wilson. Yeah, so he's at 12 against Houston. Um, 
he kind of took advantage of the 49ers defense last week. Uh, Gerald Everett should have given him more touchdowns, but um, play in Houston this week. So you have him at 12. So what made that so difficult for you? Well, on paper, Houston is actually kind of a bad matchup for opposing quarterbacks, but it's also Houston and they're not a very good football team. Um, I, Wilson, you know, we don't know how great his finger is, but he looked better last week. Still not quite the rustler used to, but he did look better. Um, how much are they going to throw it? How much they're going to need to? Um, so there's a lot of uncertainty there, but Russell Wilson's obviously very good. He played well last week for the most part. So I, I put him there at 12. I think that playing in this week is not a bad idea, but if you have a better option, then I'm good with that too. I mean, most likely the only guy that's ranked ahead of him, the, the only guys that are ranked ahead of him that you might have are Hill or Cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would play both of them over Wilson this week. Yeah, and um, Taysom Hill only rostered in like half of leagues. He's rostered in 40% of leagues as of writing the Sleepers article this morning. So so um, I'm assuming he's one of your sleepers. That's correct. Uh, okay. That That's an easy one because um, he popped off after the uh, break-even uh, point where people just give up on the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so usually towards the end of the year, guys who pop off after like week 12 – or just the next week they're just the sleepers because they're not rostered in like any leagues. Um, all right. So uh, who is your tough sit for this week? And I'm going to guess it was Joe Burrow at 14. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, Burrow is a little bit banged up right now. Um, the San Francisco matchup is middle of the road. It's not really, doesn't really hurt or help you. Um I just don't, I don't know, it, I guess it's a little bit of a feeling play, but it's, there's just not a whole lot going in Burrow's favor right now. You know, yeah. offensive line isn't good. Um, you know, Nixon's fumble issues popped back up last week. Jamar Chase is kind of slowing down. Uh, you know, Tyler Boyd has completely disappeared. He's hurt. He's got a messed up pinky. Yeah, he, yeah. And then the knee is screwy again. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it just doesn't seem like a game where they're gonna they're gonna want to just like let it loose. Um, yeah. You know, Burrow's been turning the ball over quite a bit. I think partially due to the injuries. And yeah, I, I just think he's a riskier option than like Derek Carr in a game where he's gonna have to throw a ton. You know, uh, or like Matt Stafford who just throws a ton every game. You know, guys like that, you're going to want to play over Burrow, even if, you know, Burrow could be a better quarterback than those guys. Or, you know, maybe you drafted him ahead of those guys. But this week, I just don't care for it. Yeah, he's really banged up and the offensive line's bad. And Nick Bosa has been on fire this year. And I just have this this I kind of agree with you this like I have this mental image of him getting up in the middle of the second quarter, just kind of shaken. And they just sort of go to Joe Mixon for the rest of the game because he messes up his pinky or something. You know, like yeah. who's the who's the backup there? Chase Daniel. He comes in for a couple plays because no. they got who is Chase it? Daniels, the Chargers backup Chargers. Brandon Allen. Uh, Brandon Allen. Yeah. There it is. All right. Brandon Allen comes in for a couple plays because they got to like tape something up and then he's kind of a mess for the rest of the game. And they got to, you know, let, let Joe Mixon run all over the 49ers. Um, 
So who is your sneaky start for this week? Do you have a guess? I'm guessing it's Derek Carr because he's 13. Casey's been pretty good on defense. And so having him that high is kind of a, a show of faith for Derek Carr. So I'm guessing it's Carr. It's actually Cam Newton at 15. Oh, wow, at 15. So I kind of like Cam this week. Uh, the Falcons defense isn't great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like this is a game coming off of a, you know, a long week. He, they had the bye. Cam's going to be rested up. No McCaffrey for the rest of the season. I think Cam's going to run more in this game. Um, I, I definitely see 50-plus rushing yards from Cam, maybe a rushing touchdown. And uh, Atlanta's defense hasn't been turning people over a whole lot. So, you know, even if his completion percentage is low or he doesn't throw for a whole lot of yards, probably not going to be turning the ball over. Um, I think Cam is a high floor play. If you're looking at a streamer, he's going to be one of the best ones out there this week. Yeah. And um, this is giving something else away. Only rostered in 30 percent of leagues. So, yeah, I figured he was also one of your sleepers. Yeah, so uh, that yeah, that's kind of giving things away. So um, yeah, I agree, with Cam. Good start. Who should I? Who would be your really deep one? Has to be somebody who's like barely rostered. I'll give you a hint: seven percent rostered. That doesn't help me. I don't think. I'll give you another hint: he's not actually very good at football, but he's played well and has a good matchup. Not actually good at football, but he's played well and he has a good matchup. Uh, Zach Wilson. Correct. Got boom. Got him. Yeah. So yeah, Zach Wilson uh, is my my third sleeper for this week. He's my seven percent rostered uh, quarterback sleeper. Um, who is your um? Oh, you already said your sneaky start. So that's that's all the stuff for quarterbacks. Yep. Sneaky uh, sneaky start. Cam Newton. Tough sit. Joe Burrow. Uh. Your yeah. tough to rank was um. Tough to rank um, Russell Wilson. Yeah, and if um, if you're real desperate, um, Baker, Baker against Baltimore, I think, is your really, really deep option. Um, good DFS play, too. Baltimore is not a tough matchup. Cleveland just played him two weeks ago, had a bye week, so they get to make a bunch of adjustments. Baker will get healthier. Uh, do I expect a big game? No, but... He should get you like 15 or 16 this week. He'll be adequate. Yep. All right. Perfect. Um, so let's talk about running backs. And my first question I wanted to talk to you about was you've got um, Javante Williams mm-hmm. at 16. Yep. But you also have Melvin Gordon coming back at 25. We talked about him a couple of weeks ago where they were going to be kind of glued together. Mm-hmm. But then Javante Williams had that big game. So I want to, you know, just tell the folks about like what you expect going forward, because not only did he score a lot of fantasy points, uh, he was a an impressive runner. Like he I was telling really good doing it, it was telling Mike, it felt like every play he was carrying three chiefs, multiple yards on every single play. Yeah, I see a lot of people compare him to Nick Chubb and he doesn't remind me of Chubb, who he reminds me on the field of is Ray Rice. OK, um, just a dude with strong legs really just solid all around player uh, can make you miss, can run through you, can run around you just doesn't have a weakness in his game, really solid across the board. And Williams reminds me of that. He just gets everything he can out of every play. Um, and I think he's shown enough to be the one a, 
Now, when Gordon comes back, he's still going to have a role. Mm-hmm. But Gordon, who I think probably will play this week, is probably going to get brought on a little slower. Uh, they don't want to overwork him coming back from the injury. Williams is healthy. Williams has looked good. I would expect Williams to be more of the 60-40 guy than like the 50-50 split that we've seen prior. Yeah, I think he's earned that. Um, and of course, as we all know, if he'd been the starting running back from week one, they would be in playoff. They would be in the playoffs right now. Shout out, it, Frank. Shout out, Frank. Um, Who has really taken it up lately. Oh, my God. That man has just set his take meter all the way to 10. Um, so I got a question for you. You don't have Chase Edmonds in your rank, so you don't think that he's going to play this week? As of right now, no. I mean, I know that uh, I know that about a week ago, Clink, uh, Clingsbury. Clingsbury. Yeah, I know. This MF. Uh, I this used MF to have a gym Clingsbury. teacher with the last name Klinger, and that uh, just popped okay. into my head suddenly. But... Yeah, Kingsbury said that he expects Edmonds back for this matchup. I I haven't seen anything that, that shows to me that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And also, I think it would be smarter to leave him out one more week because this is a Monday night game, so you have a short week to prepare for the next week, and you're not going to want to cram Edmonds again. So I feel like if you play him this week, you're just setting him up to be out again the next week. I think the smarter play for them is to let him rest up one more week, be full strength next Sunday when they have to play in a shorter on shorter preparation so that Connor doesn't have to get overworked. And, yeah. and I think that that would be the ideal time to go right back to what they were doing earlier in the season with the backs. Yeah. And I also think that um, you don't want to try to rely on Chase Edmonds because he's on Monday night. So there's like no pivots. Yep. Like unless you have like unless you picked up like Sony Michelle off of waivers last right. week. See, like I I'm I have Chase Edmonds in uh in my home league. Mm-hmm. My other running backs are McKissick, who might play this week, but I'm not playing. Um Devontae Freeman, Daryl Henderson, and Tony Pollard. And I'm gonna play the other three guys over Edmonds. Yeah, just because you know they're gonna play. Like those there's mm-hmm. he's he hasn't played in what uh, since week nine, so this is five oh, weeks. Yeah. yeah, I mean he got injured like three snaps into week nine, and so you don't want to like sit around and wait for him. He's not that type of player, you know. He's not like like if this was uh, like Alvin Kamara was playing on Monday night, it's like okay, you kind of want to wait around and see if Alvin Kamara can do stuff, but yeah. um, not um, not a Chase Edmonds type. So. Um, I think that's all the questions I had for, Oh, you have Amir Abdullah at number 37. I want to talk to you about Amir Abdullah. Um, so he is filling in, uh, for the pass catching part of, uh, Christian McCaffrey. Um, just want to talk. I want you to talk about like what you picture for this Amir Abdullah role, uh, because he's kind of reminding me a little bit of how people think he's going to use, be used as like, we're talking the preseason, like a JD McKissick and Naheem Hines. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a if Cliff Kingsbury goes off a ledge uh, when he comes back, a Chase Edmonds type, which I don't. <laughs> I Chase don't think Ed, that Chase, Chase Edmonds role from like week six of last year. Exactly. That's why I said if he goes off a ledge when Chase Edmonds comes back and he decides James Conner needs 20 carries a game, you know. <laughs> so um, so why don't you talk a little bit about Amir Abdullah, a guy that a lot of people have left for dead. Yeah, I mean, he's been around a long time now. Uh, I think he got drafted in 20. 14 something uh, like 2014 2015 something yeah. like that yeah uh lion's legend of course um mm-hmm. 
was with us for uh, three or four seasons. Um, One of the reasons. One of the reasons why DeAndre Swift couldn't be good was because of Amir Abdullah existed. <laughs> right. Yeah. And Carrie Ann Johnson. Right. Uh, but yeah, Amir never really put it together with us. Um, the high point of his career was his first touch when he juked Eric Weddle in the open field when Weddle was still an all pro and went to the house and everybody was like, oh, my God, he's incredible. And then mm-hmm. he has never once had a play that good again in the NFL. Uh, but he is a a fairly solid pass catcher. He's a willing pass protector because he's used to with the hits from special teams. Um, and he's good in the open field. Uh, he still does return kicks and punts a lot. So he's, he's used to that kind of trying to make people miss and run around in the open field type, uh, types of situations. Um, he's not going to get many carries. I mean, he, he less than five, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're probably going to be in the like three carry five target type type range with him um so very much uh very much a jd mckissick naheem hines type thing going on there um and he's a he's a fine player you know i i would expect you're probably going to get like 15 rushing yards uh and like four catches for 30 yards which leaves you at eight and a half points and you could do worse in your flex spot Exactly. So, um, yeah, that's that's just a guy I wanted to point out because uh, it's a name we haven't seen for a while. Uh, yeah. pop it, popping back up. Uh, is that is that your uh, really deep sleeper? No, because I um I uh, was I don't believe I don't I don't trust it as much as you do. I don't think. Okay. Um, and also because there's a guy rostered in 10 percent of leagues who might get 20 carries this week. Dontrell Hilliard. No. Deontay Foreman. <laughs> Michael Hasty. Oh, yeah, because Elijah Mitchell might not make it back. Yeah, he's literally right now the only healthy running back the 49ers have. Yeah, because Wilson's probably going to be able to play, but he's going to be hampered, and he's also bad. Mm-hmm. And so, they're, like, I'm, I was looking at the roster. They might have to call up Josh Hokett from the practice squad. Oh, I remember him. Yeah, <laughs> Tech. Is that where he went? I think so, yeah. yeah. It's just. He's just been kicking around on the Niners practice squad for a while, and they might have to they might have to call him up. So uh, that could be their number two running back on Sunday. So that's why. Yeah, I, I mean, it's hey, like not every team has a Godwin Igwebuki that can just call on whenever. So you know. Oh yeah, of course. Well, the night. Well, here's the problem: the Niners do, and it was Jeff Wilson and Jamichael Hasty. Everybody else got hurt. <laughs> yeah. God, like, I love Godwin Igwebuki. He's so cool. Godwin Iguabuke is a cool, like, it's fun. I want him to, like, really develop that, uh, to be, like, the Jamal Williams, like, let Jamal Williams move on and let... Iguabuke right, yeah, after the after his two-year contract is up and they just let Godwin become the number two running back behind Swift. Yeah, that would be fun. He runs, or, he runs hard as hell. Uh, he's got really, really good instincts for a guy who's never played the position at any sort of competitive level. Yeah. Cause he was uh, a safety, he, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. never, he hadn't played running back since high school That's and, wild. uh, he catches passes really well. Uh, I, I mean, he was in on our, uh, two minute drive to win the game last week. He had a huge catch on a third and 10 where he made, he caught the ball, made two guys miss and got 13 yards and got out of bounds. I mean, he's just a, Every time he's out there, he just makes plays. He's, he's a fo- got a nose for it. As my father-in-law would say, he's just a football player. Yeah, he's just he's a good football player. He knows yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. So, uh, 
So uh, I hope my wife overheard that because <laughs> I said that just like he does. He's a football player. Uh, Saquon at 17, lo- yeah. losing faith rapidly in him, it seems. Yeah, I mean, he looks fine out there. Like, he, he's not 100%. He look, looks like he's about 80%, but, you know, he's he's doing his best. And, he, he like, running the ball, he's still got his vision. Um, he's still got his quick burst. His cuts look pretty good. It's just a horrible offense right now. I mean, pretty much all the receivers are hurt, whether that's keeping them out or not. They're all banged up. Um, Kyle Rudolph is slower than molasses in January. Evan Ingram can't catch. Their offensive line is beat up and bad. Uh, their quarterbacks are beat up and bad. So You don't believe in Jake Fromm, sneaky start? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, Saquon will probably get 15 touches in this game. He'll get some dump-offs. Um, I actually think Fromm playing at quarterback might be better for his pass catching because Fromm's going to just panic. flip the ball to him in, in panic like six times. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, they, there's just nothing there for him. Every, every yard he gets right now, he's earning himself. He's not getting any help. And running backs need help, even the best ones. So I just you can't trust him as a high-level play. This is a pretty good matchup, and he's probably going to get a lot of passing passing down work. Um, so I have him as a mid-tier RB2. But, yeah. I mean, in worse matchups, he's a guy that you can bench right now. Yeah, I think that that has a lot to do with the offense. Like, I don't know how much they're going to get into the red zone. No, and yeah. Sa- Saquon, depending on what they do at quarterback, Saquon could be a big-time, like, post-hype sleeper next year. Oh, yeah, I hope – I hope uh, um, we can get them all at a discount, like back end second round. I'd love it. Yeah, like if uh, they do what if they do what I mentioned and they grab Teddy, Teddy, and, or, and he's their quarterback. Like Saquon's gonna go off. Teddy or Handsome James or one of these other yeah. like yeah, somebody just take can, the safe pass. Right, somebody who can throw a really nice eight yard angle route. That's right. That's that's how Jimmy Garoppolo makes twenty million dollars a year. Jimmy Garoppolo, I when he first started playing for the 49ers, I was so convinced he was going to be a stud because Oh yeah. He, because he has an incredible do you remember the video like the behind the scenes NFL films video of him like talking to Shanahan and predicting exactly what the defense was going to do on a last second yeah. 2 minute drive? Like he had every play put planned out in his head like I know exactly what defense they're going to run because I've studied it. I know it. And so I'm calling this, 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 in this order. Every single play worked, and they scored a touchdown and won the game. I was like, yeah. he's amazing. He's going to be a yeah. stud. And then he's never done anything like that again. No, it's because he panics now. Ever since his knee injury, he panics, which is stupid because he got his knee injury outside of the pocket. He was he was that he was going to throw his shoulder into a linebacker and instead blew out his knee. That was his. That's how he. That's how he got hurt. Um. So. You know, I don't know. Uh, he's not going to be the quarterback of the Niners much longer, so it's not my problem. Um, but his two best, like the two places he's likely going to land would be good for the weapons there. Because it's like, it's probably either the Giants, uh, which would be good for Saquon, um, and honestly, Evan Ingram, because he might be getting better balls that would be easier for Ingram to catch. Or the Steelers, which would be great for Deontay Johnson and for yeah, Najee yeah. Harris and Pat Frymuth. So. Um, so I'm very curious where that, where he's going to go. So, uh, we were talking about, um, running Running backs. backs. (laughs) We were on, yeah, we went Saquon and then we, uh. Yeah. Who is your, uh, hardest rank this week? Hardest rank. I will go. I'm going to go with Kareem Hunt. 
this one was because I mean when he's healthy you think you know plug and play he's a fringe RB one every week but it's just coming back from the from the injury and the offense hasn't looked good at all lately. Uh, Baltimore is better against the run than they are against the pass by a pretty significant margin. You know, Chubb has looked good. Um, Dearness Johnson has looked good. So are we going to get the full Kareem Hunt roll? Or are we getting like a 75% Kareem Hunt roll? Uh, so it was tough. You know, I, I when I when I have a guy who I can't kind of figure out a spot for, I tend to just kind of gravitate toward the middle because mm-hmm. it seems like the likeliest of outcomes. But uh, yeah, I mean, Hunt could be a back end RB one this week if he catches a lot of passes, but he could also have a pretty similar role to what he had in his first game back against Baltimore two weeks ago and finish, you know, well outside the top 25. So he's, he's a back end RB two for me. If you've got him, you're probably playing him, but if you're able to pivot to like Javante Williams or Daryl Henderson or David Montgomery, I would do that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, 20 is, it's, it's not a, a ringing endorsement of him, especially one spot of headlight ahead of like Jamal Williams and Clyde Edwards, Alaire. like that's a different tier of talent at running back. So, um, uh, all right. So who would be your, um, uh, tough sit for this week? And I'm going to guess, let me take a look here. I'm going to say Tony Pollard, given that he's been productive and you have him at 26. So there's a lot of options ahead of him. I'm actually going to go with James Robinson at 19. Okay. So, oh, as a tough. Okay. So James Robinson, 19, he is banged up. I remember seeing that he's still yeah. dealing with the injuries. Yeah. His foot injury has been limiting his carries. Um, high. It's been more of a uh, 1A, 1B than it was the previous like month and a half or so. Um, Hyde gets a little bit of work. They're behind a lot, so they have to throw a lot. Uh, Robinson doesn't really catch passes that much. Um and Tennessee is bad against receivers, bad against quarterbacks, good, pretty good against running backs. So the middle of their defense is where the strength is. They're down D-line, and uh, pass rushers are very good. So I, I just don't see this. You know, Robinson will get a good amount of volume, and they're, you know, when they get in the red zone, he's the guy. So it, you can't put him outside RB two, but this is a a low upside game for Robinson, in my opinion. Okay, and then um, who is your sneaky start at um, at running back this week? Uh, Rex Burkhead against Seattle. Ah, oh, don't do it to yourself, man. Uh, I know, but it's I I I like him a little bit more this week. He's been actually running the ball and he's the only guy on the team that can average over three yards a carry and he's doing that pretty comfortably. So I think that he's going to take over as the main running back. Such uh, high upside. I know, I know, <laughs> but uh, look, this is sneaky. Okay. We're not, uh, I didn't think Sneak- Chuba Hubbard. I didn't think Chuba Hubbard was sneaky enough. Sneaky athletic Rex Burkhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Rex is a uh, he's just fine. He, I mean, he's he's an average player, but yeah. um Mills should give him more chances uh as a uh, dump off safety valve than Taylor was as well. So and, and Seattle's really really bad against running backs. Um yeah, I, I think Burkhead definitely shouldn't kill you this week and uh if you were to score 
or catch, you know, or break off a big one on a screen, he could easily get you like 15, 16 points. All right, cool. So I gave you my deep sleeper. Can you guess who the other two sleepers I have are? Uh, one is, I'll give you a hint. One is 46%. The other is 13. 46% for one of them. Um, Jamal? Nope. Oh, I wish Jamal was rostered in that few leagues. I'd go scoop him up everywhere. Yeah, that's fair. Chuba? Nope. Uh, he also isn't very good, but he's been getting a lot of touches. Uh, uh, Tevin Coleman. Deonta Foreman, close. Oh, okay, Foreman, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't mind Foreman this week. I've got him at 28. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty solid matchup with McNichols coming back. I think he cuts more into Hilliard than he does into Foreman. So That's what I wrote, yeah. Um, I do have Foreman, or Hilliard at 29 as of right now, but I probably will drop him a little bit because I just think that McNichols was effective in that role. He'll cut into that pass catching, and Foreman's the best runner right now. Yep, all right, uh, and then- who is 13% rostered? Used to be extremely good, but is not anymore. Used to be extremely good. Latavius. No, better, much better than Latavius. Okay. He scored uh, a touchdown last week. Jeez. Uh, he scored a touchdown last week. His opponent cut their middle linebacker today. Adrian Peterson? That's right. And it's Ugh. for. Here's the thing. He so last week he tied I think it was uh who did he tie last week for tenth in all time touchdowns I think it was uh Walter no it was Jim Brown uh, he passed Walter Payton and he tied with Jim Brown and uh Pete Carroll gave him the biggest hug and was talking in his ear for like 15 seconds so I was like oh if they get inside the 10 like they're just gonna try to get Adrian Peterson touchdowns because they're not playing for anything and that's what and they have no other good option down there because they don't throw it to DK Metcalf down there and and Gerald Everett had two terrible fumbles last week so I think this is like hey he's probably going to score a touchdown and that's all it is because Houston is terrible that's all it comes down to mm-hmm. yeah that's fair uh, I really hate to say it because I don't want to validate these people but uh, if there was a running back I was going to play as a flyer in Seattle it'd be Rashad Penny oh no no yeah. actually Rashad the problem with Rashad Penny is never that he looks bad. It's that he looks really good until he explodes. So it's like, yeah, you could do that with Rashad Penny. There's no problem there. Yeah, no, I mean, I, he was he led the team in uh, in running back snaps last week and was the best of the three. Um, so I, I yeah, I mean, I, I could see him running for a touchdown and giving you like 12 points. Yeah, I mean, he had 60 total, over 60 yards last week. So. Right, like, he, yeah. he's fine. You know, he, he's an above-average player when he plays. It's just he doesn't play. Yeah, it's just it's he's in his fourth year, and he has, what, like 30 career games, 32? Because <laughs> he's yeah. always on the shelf. So, um, all right, let's talk wide receivers really quick. So, again, these ranks, footballabsurdity.com, weekly ranks up at the top. We're not going to talk about obvious guys. I don't want to be like, Walker, tell me about Justin Jefferson at two. We're not going to do that. Um, no. I also am stalling because I have no questions because I was going to ask you about your re-rank of Mike Williams' guys. So you have um, Jalen Guyton at 29, and you said you put Josh Palmer at... Nowhere. Nowhere. Who else? I thought you moved somebody else up. Yeah, DPJ is at 50 now. Oh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is at... Oh, that's what you did. You added a guy. Okay, so DPJ is at 50. So Josh Palmer is a no. Um, but... 
uh, I like Jalen Guyton and this kind of range because it's like he could just based off of pure volume have you have you a good week. Like he's between Jarvis right. Landry, Jarvis Landry and Brandon Ayuk, so it's kind of that like yeah they're gonna get a bunch of targets and whatever they do right. with them is what they do with them. Right, I would expect Guyton to get high single digit targets, eight or nine probably. Um, you know, so with Herbert at the quarterback, you would expect his floor would be like three for 40 or something. So he shouldn't get nothing. Uh, and yeah, there's a possibility. He's a good downfield receiver. You know, I wouldn't expect him to catch a whole lot of the short area targets because not really his role. But yeah, there's a scenario where he finishes with like five for 100 and a touchdown. Okay. Yeah. And then you like you have him a few spots behind KJ Osborne. Just to give people an idea of who we were talking about earlier, that kind of range that he's in. Um, so Julio Jones at 33 coming back. Um, we'll talk about it with the tight ends. You gave some faith to tight ends there, but I kind of feel like just by default, like he's got to get like 10 targets in this game. Julio Jones. Um, I don't probably close to that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think the last game he played a full game in, he had 10 targets and he was four for 33. So, um, Julio Jones has scored double-digit fantasy points one time this season. Six one. for 128 in week two. Yep, one time. So I I can't rank him in the top 30. Like, I can't tell you to play Julio Jones, even though it's a good matchup, even though he's the only show in town. I, I just can't do it. I mean, I, I put him at 33. He's in my top 36. If you're deep league and you've got him, throw him in there. That's fine. I might actually have to play him in the football absurdity experts league because of Bateman not really being involved. Uh, but yeah, I, you're hoping you're it, there's, there's not a whole lot you can count on other than on paper. Yeah. And um, you bring up a good point. You have Rashad Bateman outside your top 50, a guy yeah. we both had faith in. It's just not happening this year. And, and the Ravens are passing plenty, just not to Rashad Bateman. That's the problem. Yeah. I mean, it, I could see maybe that they're planning for the playoffs. And so they're kind of just shelving him a little bit because they know he's better than Watkins and they're just kind of letting Watkins fulfill his contract in the regular season or something. Cause I could see Harbaugh doing something like that. Well, I mean the, that's not uncommon. The Steelers said that they did, were doing that with Chase Claypool last year. Right. So, that's not particularly uncommon. And it's prudent when you see guys like Jamar Chase who have started to fall off a little bit because they've been overused um, compared to, you know, what they're used to and the league is countering them. So, I mean, we'll just have him on all of our sleeper lists next year. We'll just talk about him incessantly in the off season. That's what. Oh, we'll absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I, he'll be a top 36 receiver for me next year, no matter what. Yeah. He's kind of, kind of nestle in somewhere around in that like Christian Kirk perma, like 36 to 40 range, I think next year. Cause that's always where Christian Kirk live. That's where Christian Kirk lives is like 36 to 40. And I think he'll be in that range in the preseason ranks. Yeah. So um, let's see who is, who is your hardest rank this week? I really didn't care for uh, I didn't care for ranking T Higgins this week. Okay, so T Higgins, you have him at 15. So that's a that's a pretty good rank for T Higgins this year. Yeah, I I mean, you know that I'm 
Uh, I'm a T skeptic. I don't yeah. care for T Higgins as a football player. Um, he Why just, don't you explain it to me? Why don't you spill the tea? All right. Uh, <laughs> good one. But it's uh, this is just a personal thing of mine. He just he is not my archetype of receiver. I don't like big slow receivers who don't really separate and like don't have explosive ability at the catch point. It, it he's just doesn't look like he should be a good receiver to me, but he is. You know he's performing. I, I he Burrow knows how to use guys like this. He knows how to place the ball back shoulder. He trusts Higgins. Uh, Higgins has improved his hands. He's attacking the ball more at the catch point this year. Right now he's more reliable than Chase because of the roles they have them in. You know, Chase is worn down a little bit, plus he's used for those lower percentage downfield targets, whereas Higgins gets a lot of the short and intermediate area. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's been great the last couple weeks. Uh, he has multiple games with at least 14 targets this year now. So um, despite everything I think about him as a football player, which is not a whole lot, uh, I had to put him ahead of Chase and in my top 15 this week because I think it's just the prudent thing to do, you know, advice-wise. Okay. No, I mean, that's that's completely fair. Um, and you have Higgins 15, just to go through that receiver core. Higgins 15, Chase 17, and Tyler Boyd uh, 38, just kind of cast off into perdition. He's the clear number three there. Mm-hmm. Um, so who was your uh, tough sit for this week? And I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, is it Odell at 39 here? No, I don't think it's tough to sit Odell. Okay. He doesn't um, get much volume. Jerry Judy. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, nice. Got it. Yeah, it is Judy. Um, the Broncos passing offense doesn't really feature anyone. Um, they spread the ball around between Judy, Sutton, Patrick, Fant, Okwabunam, and running backs. Mm-hmm. They've got like seven guys who get Teddy's 33 targets, and none of them tend to get more than six or seven, and none of them get less than three. It's just there's not really room the way they're playing offense right now for anybody to kind of blow up. You know, Judy's a good player, um, but he's not such a standout that he can overcome this type of low volume offense. Um, And Detroit is pretty good against opposing receivers. They got beat up by Jefferson last week, but Jerry Judy's not on that level. Um, You know, I would expect Jerry Jacobs and Amani Oruwarie to, keep him in front of them and, uh, you know, come up, make the tackles, not let him get behind. So, you know, Judy, I, I could see, you know, four for 55 or something, or, you know, maybe he gets in the end zone, but I just don't think it's going to be a big week. Yeah. I wrote about the, uh, the Denver passing game this week, uh, for my absurdity check on Monday. Mm-hmm. And my, my takeaway was just ditch everybody except for Judy. Like, and that includes Noah Fant. Like, there's just not enough to go around. But Jerry Judy gets, like, the seven targets. So, you know, in a good week, he'll get, you know, six for 70, you know, if he yeah, if he's, has a good matchup. But other than that, it's, there's just nothing to go around. No, you know, I mean, they, as much as they're different types of players right now, Jerry Judy and Jacoby Myers are pretty similar fantasy assets. 
Yeah, I was going to say he sits somewhere in the spectrum between um, I was going to say between Hunter Renfro at the high end and Jacoby Myers at the low end in terms yeah. of this like type, this archetype of player this this year. Um, but, yeah, they're very different players because Judy's very good, uh, supposed to be very good at football, but it's not pr- uh, transferring over to fantasy production this year. Um, and then so who is your sneaky start? And uh, I'm not sure. Amon Ross St. Brown. No, I wouldn't necessarily start him this week. Um, no, it's Laquan Treadwell at 40. Ugh, just the name. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, he's, the last two weeks, he has 13 combined targets. Uh, that's a new career high for him. Jesus Christ, look, you were a first-round pick, man. I know. His career high before that in back in, in a two-week total was 11 targets in his whole career. He's been in the league, I think, five years. Yeah, uh, it's been a rough go for Laquan, but he has a really, really good matchup against Tennessee. He is the guy getting the most targets right now. Um, he, he um, Chenault, and Jones all play a very high percentage of snaps, mm-hmm. but... Treadwell is most often in the slot, and Lawrence throws over the middle a lot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Treadwell in this matchup is probably going to get six, seven targets. Uh, you know, if he continues on his pace, he's probably going to end up with something around 10 points. He's usable. Yeah, I mean, I... Ugh. No, it's I've not been... great, but, you know, it, if you're really getting sneaky here, like, I'm probably playing him in my home league as my wide receiver three this week. Oh, Wow. That's that's a lot of faith in Laquan Tread. I just I just I don't know. I cannot put faith in Laquan Treadwell. He's it's yeah. it's it's it, I understand everything you said and it makes sense academically, but it's just yeah. like ugh, it's Laquan Treadwell, man. I know. It's I, it's like it, if AG Jenkins popped back up into the league and was suddenly getting like eight targets a week, I would still be like, no, thank you. Or John Baldwin. Yeah, the guys <laughs> who were traded for each other and both sucked. Yep. The like, hey, we can't cut this guy because our fans will get mad. So we'll just trade him and then you cut him. Yep. So, so, uh, all right. Um, who are my sleepers this week, Walker? Uh, I mean, I think one has to be Guyton, right? No, because I wrote this before uh, today. Oh, so, okay. um, you already talked about KJ Osborne's one. Uh, Russell Gage. No, I, I'm trying to not go back to the well. And Russell Gage would be going back to the wall. Actually, I think St. Brown. Uh, yes, Amon Ra St. Brown and Josh Reynolds. I said pick your poison because sure. uh, Amon Ra had all the targets last week, but Josh Reynolds has done it in two games. Right. Um. So do I just have your really deep one left? Nope. Those were both my really deep one. Oh, okay. I'll give you a hint. This guy always drops the ball, and he has zero drops this year, and 19 targets in his last two games. And he plays in primetime. Uh, Van? Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Oh. MVS has a ton of targets lately, and he's not yeah. dropping the ball. Yeah. And playing against Chicago, which last time Aaron Rodgers played them, that's when he screamed, I own you. So Right. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I do. Yeah. It, I have Valdez-Scantling at 42, actually, ahead of uh, the Detroit tandem. Yeah. Um, because the upside is huge. I mean, obviously the floor is lower, but um, 
yeah, this is this is definitely a game where he could end up with three for one twenty and two. Yep, I was gonna say uh, week eleven. I was gonna say it's probably gonna be somewhere between week eleven and twelve, which was four one twenty three and one and four fifty and zero. But it yeah. could also be two for nineteen. So yeah. <laughs> it's it's a very wide range of outcomes, but the upside is through the roof. Like Absolutely. this could. This could be his career game, especially because Aaron Rodgers, like he somehow found a whole new level of mad. Like he was always mad and he somehow found a whole new level by like catching COVID. And because that I have a feeling he's going to try to just like destroy the, the Bears. Like, yeah, though, he's he's going to try to put them directly into the Earth's core. Exactly. It's good. It's probably his last home game as a Packer against the Bears, too. They're their traditional biggest rival. So, yeah, just, I think I think this game's going to be like. 41 to 14. Yeah, it's and and the 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 14 is going to be like a seven yard dump off pass to Khalil Herbert for a touchdown. Like yeah, it's going to be nothing. Some dumb crap. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the game. So all right, uh, let's talk about tight ends really quick. How far does must start extend for you? Uh, eight. Eight. So Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, Waller, Gronk, Hawk, Knox, Schultz. A name not listed there, Kyle Pitts. We're right. not going to belabor the point. It's a difficult matchup. He hasn't been producing. I agree. He's not in that must-start territory. But if you have him, you're probably starting him. Sure. Yep. Yeah. But Knox Schultz, two guys that you might have picked up in the meantime that are ahead of him. So um, who was your hardest player to rank this week? Mm. Gerald Everett. Gerald, oh God, Gerald Everett. That man has such a range of outcomes because he was supposed to have two touchdowns last week. So number 19 yeah. against Houston, who uh, lets marginal uh, tight end score at will against them. Right. It's just, it's so tough to trust him. I mean, after last week, the he, you know, he almost cost his team the game pretty much single-handedly. Um and he's shown this season that he can easily get one or two targets. You know, he's done that multiple times. But he also, a few weeks ago, had like eight for 77 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he's had the opportunity last week to score a couple touchdowns. So, I mean, yeah, he's he's higher upside than anybody else in this lower range. But he's also the lowest floor because he could not be trusted after last week, which would be understandable. He's never been a particularly good player. Um, And they have a sure-handed slow dude in Will Disley behind him. Yeah, it's just, it's all over the place. I mean, he, you you could rank him as low as like 24, but you could also put him at the back end of your top 12. And I'd be like, yeah, okay, I guess. Yeah, sure. Like if you play the like, hey, he should have had two touchdowns game last week. Russell Wilson trusts him, but I don't know how Russell Wilson can trust him after the two. I mean, the pick and the fumble, the the fumble, whatever. But the pick was egregious. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, so um, so who is your uh, sneaky start this week? And I will say um, I kind of feel like Austin Hooper because you talked him up a bit when I asked about it. No, I'm going a little deeper for this one. Brevin, Brevin Jordan. Brevin. So Brevin I, Jordan. I, I had a whole section set aside for the new guys. Brevin Jordan and Michael Pruitt, uh, new additions yeah. to the top 25. So Brevin Jordan, why don't you talk about him? Uh, rookie, rookie, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Rookie yep. tight rookie, end for the Houston. Rookie Bears. out of Miami, uh, playing for the, for the Texans. Um, he's 
he's kind of taken over the top receiving tight end role in that offense. Um, he and Mills have gotten a ton of work together. They were both taken in the same round of this year. Um, I, I think that they have good chemistry. Jordan has been getting three targets a game. He's used near the goal line. Um, he's a solid enough blocker, so he can play on three downs. And Seattle isn't good against tight ends. So I, you know, I, I could definitely see, you know, I think he had three for 30 in a touchdown last week. He could do that again. And I would expect him to have at least probably like two for 20. So, you know, he's not going to be tight end 50 on the week, I don't think. You know, Willie, he's range of outcomes is like tight end eight to tight end 28. Yeah. And, and uh, he didn't get any targets to week eight, but since that time he's had, I'm trying to do the math here, eight, 14 targets and three of them are in the red zone and he's converted two of those to touchdowns. So kind of like, he's a pretty solid football player. Yeah. Kind of like, I'm thinking like a Hunter Henry guy. Um, in terms of like just getting to this year, like getting getting the important targets at tight end. He's not getting a lot, but he's getting the meaningful yeah. ones. His his pro his pro count for me was Irv. So Irv's a good one too. Um, yeah. so I do have a question for you. Where the yeah. hell is Jimmy Graham? <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the in the nursing home. Yeah, the man keeps getting like one yard, one catch, one reception, or he's one cow- yard, one to catch, one touchdown. Yeah, it's it's the Jimmy, Jimmy Graham. Graham now. Please don't chase that. Um, no. Yeah, don't do that. Hopefully they give those targets to Cole Komet instead, who is a better football player at this point. Um, so who is your tough sit this week at tight end? Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby, who you have all the way down at 21. Good God, I didn't even see him down there. Below James yeah. O'Shaughnessy. Yeah, people seem to think that he's a reliable option. He's not. He's outside yeah. the top didn't he have one catch for eight yards last week? Yeah, but it's... Like, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I know, but he's he's outside the top 12 on the season. He has a terrible matchup. He's been getting less work since Odell came over. And yet, like, ESPN hasn't projected as, like, the 12th best tight end on the week. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. It's it's like they... I don't know where this narrative that Tyler Higby is, like, an outstanding football player that can overcome a low and variable target share came from. Um, he's not very good. He is in a tough matchup. He's the fourth option in the passing offense. Uh, it's just he. I, I highly doubt he has a usable week. Yeah, and I not to just harp on Tyler Higby, but like since uh, after week one, he has one game over forty six yards, and it was fifty one yards. Like mm-hmm. he's just not very good. He scored three touchdowns all year. Um, you know, he's not getting, he's getting just like, oh, it's, uh, uh, you know, second and seven and I'll dump it off to Tyler Higby for five yards. Like that's the type of targets he's getting. Yeah. I mean, he, like of the Tyler's Conklin's been better. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I didn't think about ranking the Tyler's, but, um, uh, where does Perry rank? Uh, below, uh, Conklin, but above Higby. Above okay, that's a that's a good spot for him. I'm trying to think of other Tyler's. Uh, Tyler from Dude Perfect. I don't I don't watch internet videos. Tyler Boyd, how did I forget Tyler Boyd? Oh, Tyler Boyd. Uh, Tyler Boyd goes below Conklin, but above Tyler Perry. All right, and then Tyler Lockett. <laughs> Where does he rank? He's number Tyler? one. He's number one. He's best Tyler. 
No, well, actually, Tyler Conklin is best Tyler because he's Michigan boy. But uh, Tyler Lockett is best fantasy Tyler. All right, last question. Tyler Durden. Who? What? No, I'm kidding. I was going to say, you're not that young. He's last because Fight Club sucks. Uh, he's still ahead of Tyler Higby because Tyler Higby is a racist. Oh, uh, I mean, actually, Tyler Durden does do some cool stuff uh, from a political standpoint. So maybe uh, he's he's not so bad. Right. So, all right, that's enough of the Tyler ranks. Uh, I mean, tight end's very straightforward this week, I feel like. Um, who is your sneaky start? Didn't I already say Brevin? Oh, you did say Brevin. My bad. Yeah. My, uh, my sneaky, sneaky start is Michael Pruitt. Michael Pruitt, baby. Number 24 for you. Uh, are the Jags that bad against tight end that you're going to start Michael Pruitt? I mean, I think he really can. I mean, he's he's shown that he's the best player they have out of their three tight ends. Uh, he's been getting about three targets a week. Um, I could easily see a scenario where he ends up with like two for 15 and a touchdown. Okay. And then, um, so there's some guys in like your 15 range. I just want to, we talked about Tyler Conklin, Austin Hooper, but um, like Ricky Seals Jones, I'm not particularly confident he plays this week. So if he doesn't play, how do you feel about John Bates? Oh, Bates would go right in the same range. Um, okay. I really like John Bates as a football player. Um, he was one of my like uh, late round guys I wanted the Lions to go after. Mm-hmm. Um, just a really solid player. Not the greatest athlete, but not bad. Um, catches everything in the in his you know vicinity. Big dude who blocks pretty well. Good red zone target. Helps out his quarterback. Um, very much a, a, a like a Dalton Schultz type of player. Yeah, um, that, maybe that's not a good... quite that explosive down the seam, but pretty similar. Like, and uh, he fits this Washington offense. You know, Heineke trusts him when he's in there. So, yeah, if uh, Seals Jones doesn't play, I would honestly, I think I would just plug Bates right into fifteen. Okay, so who are my sleepers this week? And I'll give you a hint: my deep sleeper. I just brought him up literally just now. <laughs> so your deep sleeper is John Bates. John Bates, yeah, because I don't think RSJ plays. So, cause that hip injury, that looked gnarly. I don't know if you saw him. It was one of those ones where he lands and he's immediately like, I cannot move. And so yeah. I think that's more than a couple week injury. Um, okay. all right. Then, then my other two sleepers are 14% and 26%. Uh, O'Shaughnessy. No, I wanted to put O'Shaughnessy, but I'm kind of souring on all of Jacksonville. Fair. Um, Is one of them Brevin? No, not Brevin. Because I was shocked at Brevin that you put him in your ranks. Oh. Uh, Albert? No. Uh, I'll give you. I'll put you out of your misery. 26% is number 16, Cole Komet. He's only at 26? Yeah. yeah. Got like, four for, like, last time he played the Packers, he had four for 49. I was like, that feels like a good floor for him, this game, is a four for 49. Um. And then my other guy was CJ Uzoma because I think that mm. with Joe Burrow's messed up pinky, I think he's going. They're going to scheme in a lot or of uh, short, quick passes for him, just in case Nick Bosa is bearing down on him. And I do sure. believe those will go to CJ Uzoma. Yeah, no, I, uh, I could definitely see a, a scenario where Uzoma gets like three of those little like tight end like chucks on Bosa and then sneaks out and catches a screen pass. So yeah, he could finish with like. Three for 18 and a score. Yep. And um, 
probably no Fred Warner, probably no Drake Greenlaw. Aziz Alshair is good. He got banged up last week. There is no depth behind him. Like the 49ers linebackers and the 49ers running backs are like Spider-Man meme. Like there's, they're down to their last man. They're both really banged up. So, um, you know, it's probably, I don't know. I don't even know who the 49ers deaf linebackers are. So it's going to be a bunch of just bums out there. They're going to scoop up. Uh, they're going to scoop up Zach Cunningham. I was unironically thinking about that. But I think I mean, the Lions I mean, might use the waiver claim on him just to see what he's got. See, because he, I mean, he played, it's so weird. Okay. So we'll, we'll talk about Zach Cunningham uh, before we get out of here. He's played a hundred percent of snaps the last three games. Then he gets cut for a discipline violation. Yeah, it, it, I mean it is odd, but I guess this it's been kind of a recurring thing. Yeah, he's, been, he's just been late to things and been not really, not really showing that he cares a whole lot for being in the organization. So I guess I can understand they probably couldn't find a trade partner for him at the deadline, so they just gave him the boot, but and used this as an excuse. But um, yeah, I mean he's not a great player. Uh, he's not particularly good in coverage. But he's a solid enough two down linebacker. Um, he'd be a good uh, he'd be a good backup for us for Derek Barnes, mm-hmm. um, better than Josh Woods, who we have right now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if that's a role he'd accept on a bad team, but um, if those aren't the reports that you're looking at, then yeah, he'll probably go unclaimed and then just sign on with somebody like the Niners. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering how much of it is like him actually like being a bad player for the team in terms of a discipline standpoint, or how much of it is the weird thing that they're doing in Houston with like Nick Casario and um, I'm blanking on him. Nick. Yeah. And Easterby. Cause they're like really like disciplinarian type guys. Cause they think they're Bill Belichick. Yeah. I mean, I, my guess is that he probably just got disillusioned with that and was like, I'm not resigning with these guys anyway. I'm, I want out. I don't want to be yeah. here. So I'm just going to, make it obvious that I don't care. Yeah. And I mean, players that happens from time to time. So if he goes to, I mean, the lions, he probably won't be very happy. Um, but not, you know, with, not goes, in terms of win loss, but I mean, I think he'd be happier in terms of like, just the aura is going to be better in Detroit than it was in Houston. <laughs> that's true. The, 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 we talked about at the top, the lions do have a good aura about them. I am rooting for the lions because Dan Campbell rules. So, um, I do, yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, the light, 49ers third linebacker right now is career special teamer Demetrius Flanagan Foles. So um, he is their the, the direct backup this week for Sam, Mike, and Will on the uh, on the depth chart. So uh, hope That's there's. Great. No, I've literally never heard of him. Yeah, well, he's a special teamer. That's right. the problem. So um, like I know I, almost every player in the NFL. I don't. I don't know that guy. I. He's on my football team, and I'm like, Demetrius Flanagan Foles. Like, I think I remember that name. Yeah. Um, so, all right. I think that'll do it, Walker. Uh, unless there's any other guy you want to talk about your ranks this week. Uh, I think we covered it. Cool. Sounds good. So we will be back on Friday to talk about all the games, talk about Thursday night football. So uh, for uh, Big, Big Daddy Ranks, I almost called him by his uh, legal name. For Big Daddy Ranks, this is Jeff. Uh, take care. See you guys.